This episode of My Feminine Heart was filmed on location at CGA Law Firm in York, Pennsylvania. Uh, welcome to My Feminine Heart. I am your host, Cassandra Storm, and I am here with bankruptcy attorney Haley Rohrbaugh of CGA Law Firm. So welcome, Haley. Thank you for having me. So starting off, um, it's amazing to me that you are a bankruptcy attorney and what all that encapsulates. I used to just think bankruptcy was this really dirty word and really only something that like Donald Trump did 25 times. <laughs> um, but what you do for people is so much more than just you know wiping the slate for them. Can you talk a little bit about what you do? Yeah, of course. Uh, the bankruptcy code is actually set in place for the honest but unfortunate debtor. So it is not for people who are fraudulent or incur debts fraudulently or dishonestly. It's just for people like you and me to get a fresh start. And yeah, it does have a bad rap, but it is such a good program. I've been doing bankruptcies for 15 years in some capacity. Uh, started out as a legal assistant, and then paralegal, and now attorney. Uh, but it is the transformation that I see people go through is incredible. It's what made me fall in love with it in the first place. Um, a big misconception is people lose everything, but really mostly what we do is save people's stuff, people's houses, cars, um, sanity. <laughs> well, and you said that you got into this like 15 years ago. What drew you towards bankruptcy versus any other type of law? Well, I just so happened to work with a bankruptcy attorney and I was serving tables part time and I wanted to stop doing that. So I asked him for some work and he <laughs> gave me bankruptcies to work on. But the first client that I saw come through there the first time I met her she was a mess she had literal mascara running down her face she was crying she had just locked her keys in her flower van she was a florist and all of her flowers were about to die and then three to four months later I saw her again and she was glowing she looked like an angel her hair was done her makeup was done she was completely a new person and I thought oh I would like to help people transform into this new person so that's what we do we help people get a fresh start so um, I know that you put yourself through law school which I think is amazing this was not something that was handed to you you worked your entire way through it and because you're one of my best friends I know that you took the bar like just after having your baby so yes. like you know, this was something that it was like a passion for you you didn't just like roll into this and think like oh I'll just be a litigator because they make the most money um, how long did it take you to become an attorney how long did you rise up through the ranks and work your way to get there 15 years <laughs> 14 and a half years literally in school Wow. Because I worked the whole time, so going to school was at night. Uh, even though it was considered full-time, it was one only one less class than everybody else had. Uh, I remember not sleeping a lot. I remember staying up until 2 a.m. and forcing myself to go to sleep so that I could wake up for 6.30 for work the next morning. So I'm glad that part of my life is over. I'm very happy that I did it. But uh, yeah, working full time through school was uh, interesting, but it guaranteed me a job at the end. A lot of my friends don't 
have jobs or struggle to find them now. So and most it people, worked out. Most people go the traditional route of they go through college and they immediately go to law school mm-hmm. and become an attorney. But you have the background of being a paralegal. So how does that affect your workflow and what does that make your office like? I think I had an easier transition. I really worry about people who come right out of law school and into a law firm because it is crazy. It is nuts trying to uh, juggle, for example, today marketing is a huge thing. Um, Just client relations, all the emails, all the phone calls, plus the drafting and desk work you need to do. So I think the being a paralegal for so long helped me understand how an office works helped me learn how to organize everything so I can actually get it all done. And it helped me sympathize with attorneys. Because I was a paralegal for so long, I don't necessarily uh, compare myself to other attorneys. they're almost like socially awkward I think a lot of attorneys are even though other like people, doctors. Exactly. Yeah. People may view them as uh, snobby or I don't know better than everybody else but they're really they don't feel like that they're really just kind of dorky and socially awkward and I experienced that firsthand being a paralegal and working for them it really made me feel more sympathetic and understanding for who attorneys are and what they do and uh, even though I always kind of joke that I'm not one of them I am proud to be it's it's a cool job we get to help people I am not a litigator I got into litigation for a little bit but I'm not as adversarial as a lot of attorneys are so I enjoy doing bankruptcy because it's usually a creditor on the other side and I always tell my clients listen at 25% interest on a credit card you've already paid that creditor what you've borrowed from them yeah and and four times over so it's a little easier doing bankruptcy versus litigation when there's a real person on the other side that can get emotional when i think you really understand money coming from the fact that you had to work your way through school and you you have debt and you have a debt as an attorney um i feel like it adds a personal level for your clients that are coming in like i i work this woman works i can relate to this yeah i tell people all the time even though i know how to help you and I'm sitting on the other side of the table, it does not mean that I don't struggle myself financially. Uh, My husband and I both have a lot of student loans, which is unfortunately something I can't help out with in bankruptcy, but being able to help people with the other aspects of their lives make it easier to handle the student loans or whatever else is out there, uh, family issues, health issues, when I can help them with their finances and uh, get rid of all those minimum payments on debts every month, even if they're not able to make them. And it just makes life a little easier. So it really surprised me, like the array of ways you can help people. And you even sometimes help creditors. But before we get into that, um, when when you're helping people, there's a lot of levels that I know people go through before they actually get to bankruptcy. And I I know people that you've worked with. if somebody is overwhelmed with debt, what is a warning sign that they may be headed towards bankruptcy or bankruptcy could help them? Or what's a sign that they're not there yet? Like, how do you judge somebody that comes in and they're in tears and they're just saying, I, I just owe so much money? Yeah. No bankruptcy is the same. Everybody 
is so different in their personal lives, their financial situation, but I have a threshold of about $10,000. If someone has under $10,000 worth of debt, we're gonna try to work it out outside of a bankruptcy, but it depends on who that person is. You know, someone who's only getting social security every month or disability and food stamps every month, $10,000 worth of debt is, it's unattainable. They can't handle the minimum payment. So I have done it for less than that, helped people file bankruptcy and get out of that debt because it's so worth it, especially if they're a pro bono client because I work closely with MidPen Legal Services. So if they are approved for free legal services, it makes much more sense than having them pay, you know, fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars to get rid of five thousand dollars worth of debt, it doesn't make as much sense as if they can qualify for free services and we get them out of five thousand dollars worth of debt. So in that case, there's really no threshold. But at ten thousand dollars, I'll start to think, yeah, this is worth it for someone. The minimum payments on that level of debt are approaching a thousand dollars. If I can help someone put a thousand dollars in their pocket every month, rather than sending it to the creditors for the rest of their lives trying to pay off this debt, it's worth it. Um, is there a way you can help people clear debt without them filing bankruptcy? It's difficult. It is. There's a lot of companies around there who will advertise debt consolidation. They will advertise uh, debt settlement. But when you settle on debts, you get a tax bill at the end of the year. It's called a 1099 tax forgiveness uh, income. So you have to actually add it to your taxes at the end of the year. In a bankruptcy, it's a complete discharge. You don't get a tax bill at the end of the year. You don't have to deal with it later on with the IRS. You definitely don't want to owe the IRS, even though I can certainly help people who owe the IRS. But um, settling debts really doesn't get you out of them. It just, you owe the IRS at that point for the taxes on the income that you got rid of. So um, typically, it makes more sense for people to file bankruptcy if they're coming to me and they have one lawsuit they have to deal with and no other debt at all. I'll usually settle with the creditor and say, let's get you on a payment plan of some sort. But otherwise, uh, bankruptcy is a complete discharge to where uh, in a chapter seven, you're not making any payments at all. You're in and out of it in three to four months. And I recently wrote an article about how it actually helps you improve your credit if you have bad credit. Our software analyzes what your credit score will be about a year after filing mm -hmm. and it's often a hundred to 150 points increase over a year after filing so it's a little counterintuitive people think oh filing bankruptcy is going to ruin my credit but it helps people i actually work closely with a mortgage company who sends me clients a lot to go ahead and get them filed get them a discharge so two to three years down the road they can get a mortgage. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, so one of the reasons that I wanted to interview you, and I'd love for you to come back on the show time and again and share some stories and do like a tip of the week, is because so many of my clients, um, if they are transitioning, they end up spending tens of thousands, even over $100,000 
uh, going through the transitioning process in medical bills in medical bills oh wow yeah and it's it's and not just that but so many people when they transition they have major life changes and there's sad things to talk about but people sometimes lose their job they yeah. sometimes lose their families. They end up in situations where they get divorced, they have alimony, they have child support. So even somebody who at one point might have been wealthy can really find themselves um, just becoming financially destroyed as they're trying to find their way of becoming their more authentic self. So, you know, breaking down the stigma of talking about money, talking about credit, talking about debt, and even the stigma of bankruptcy, I think, is going to help a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Medical bills is something that are they're completely dischargeable. They're a general unsecured debt. Now, typically, medical bills don't go on a credit report unless they're so old that they've been sold to a collection agency. So if it's a small, manageable medical bill and that's it, Mm-hmm. I usually tell my clients, just get on a payment plan with the hospital. Honestly, they're never going to dock your credit as long as you're making a small payment plan every month. But medical bills can become unmanageable. And those are the sorts of things. Maybe people put their medical bills on credit cards, which you're robbing Peter to pay Paul at that point. But I can get but rid like- of the credit cards, too. So either way, you're, what I wouldn't say to someone is don't take your retirement funds out to pay for your transition or any of your medical appointments leave your retirement funds where they are because i can protect those 100 percent. you can get the bill get the medical bill get the credit card bill that is stuff that i can help you get out of if you take your funds out of retirement and they're cash now in your account, I can't protect those. And if you use them, then they're gone. Might as well just take the medical bill, and if you have so much that you can't handle it anymore, come see me. And I don't want to come off as if I'm advising you to incur debt to file bankruptcy, because you can handle that debt in some cases. It depends on who you are, what your income is, if you get to keep your job after the transition. Everyone should be able to keep their jobs. But we know, in reality, Sometimes it happens. Yeah. They find a way. They find a loophole. Yeah. We're an at-will state in Pennsylvania, so they don't need to give a reason. They can just say you're fired, which is heartbreaking because we know the reason. Yeah. Because they're discriminating. But I give a solution. I give a way to uh, get out of those bills until someone can find a job. Um, if, If... you literally have no job you can get approved for free services through midpen legal services and then we can do a bankruptcy for you for free so there are if someone is scared to be who they are because of medical bills that shouldn't be a concern that's really powerful and i feel like we could have an entire segment just talking about medical bills and that side of it so i tell you what Um, I'm definitely having you back on the show. We're going to wrap up today. If you'd like to get a hold of Haley, um, you want to look for Haley Rohrbaugh at CGA Law Firm in York, Pennsylvania. And can you rattle off your contact info off the top of your head? Absolutely. My direct line is 717-718-8800. 
8336 that goes right to my desk. You don't have to go through the receptionist. My email, which is 24-7, is hrohrbaugh, that's R-O-H-R-B-A-U-G-H at cgalaw.com. And do that phone number for me one more time. 717-718-8336. Haley, thanks so much for being on the show, and we'll have you back soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you.